Okay, we're going to keep looking into uh, the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, chapter... We're at um, chapter 39 for this session. Chapter 39 for this session. Um, we're looking into uh, Joseph's account. Joseph's recorded, witnessed account and the things that um, are happening in his life. Things that are happening in his life. And uh, quite the account, of course, to recognize and to embrace as we seek, of course, to um, understand what can be uh, applicable and practiced in our lives, our faith. We who live under the dispensation of the Messianic age, called to be good stewards of our responsibilities and priorities in Christ, learning from the ancient texts, written in the Old Testament in regards to this individual called Joseph. And we've been looking at these accounts in Genesis, and I encourage you, of course, to, if you have not already, uh, go back to the archived video uh, sessions on Wednesdays, which are themed for study. And uh, you'll see <laughs> the ancestral lineage here of this family and how... Every generation who withdraws themselves from faith in God find themselves the recipients of chaos, division, and uh, consequence, great sorrow. And uh, sadly, that's what can infect, compromise, contaminate a family of believers in God to uh, go against each other, to plot and twist and practice unrighteous behavioral uh, delinquencies and uh, have false um, or deceptive narratives uh, towards one another. And we've been seeing that going way back to Abraham and Sarah moving forward with Isaac, and then with his sons, Joe, I mean, Jacob and Esau. I mean, again, we've been going through this, and it, it truly uh, reveals um, our flawed condition upon our independent accountability to choose lawlessness instead of trusting God and uh, allowing his providential path forward in our lives. And Joseph had become the recipient of a great sin from his siblings and a great sin upon his father. And um, we took a look at that last session, last week in chapter 37. So we're going to skip forward to chapter 39, where Joseph, of course, has been sold into Egyptian um uh, slavery, if you will, at the hands, of course, of his brethren, his own brothers, siblings, and um, the twisting of or deception that was practiced by them to their father as well, having their father believe that uh, his favorite son had uh, been uh, devoured by a wild beast. So sad. So sad to have seen those things. 
we recognized, again, so that we can identify the acts and attitudes of lawlessness so that we can stay away from that and uh, truly have strong precaution or precautionary uh, values and virtues to our time and age in our families to not allow these kind of things to happen to us. Um, we saw favoritism by the father to Joseph. We saw Joseph being a bit, if you will, or I say a bit, he quite strongly um, ignorant and arrogant with um, his privilege, his privileged connection to his father, which aggravated in deeper bitterness uh, the minds of his brethren, his brothers, his siblings towards him which all of together resulted in plotting mur to murder him, to deceive their father, to lie to their father, to have their father believe something that, I mean, is such a grievous sin to have your, <laughs> to have a father believe his son is dead. I mean, come on. Uh, uh, deep sin, deep lawlessness uh, that has strong and long-lasting consequences, of course, in the lineage of this ancestry. Yet still, among the free will of mankind to choose sin over trust in God, God's will, God's law, God's path forward um, moves ahead. And uh, that's, quite the, that's quite the insight into how powerful God truly is. And how we today learning from this ancient account and witnessed, recorded, uh, cases and events, how we can have uh, strong faith, knowing that God knows all tomorrows. Though we don't see the next hour, he has already seen it, and we can trust him. We need to learn from this information so that we do not allow such contamination within our families to get between husband and wife, to get between husband and, uh, and wife, parents and children, uh, parents and grandparents, uh, sibling against sibling, things like that, because uh, sin, deception, uh, lying, um, and, and pride, control, jealousy, um, uh, what else now uh, in there, uh, favoritism, th those kind of things um, will destroy a family. Toxic people doing toxic things who infiltrate and dominate, and uh, a family will destroy it. Again, I can't say this enough. They will destroy marriages. They will destroy families, churches, and friendships. This is what sin does at the hands of diatrophic individuals, wolves in sheep's clothing, things like that. And uh, some of these were practicing su such evil that had contaminated their minds uh, to um, reach this moment where they finally sold their brother. <laughs> they didn't murder him. Uh, but they sold him off to Egyptian uh, slavery. And that's where we kind of pick up the account in chapter 39 of Genesis. Your kind attention is, well, uh, is warmly welcomed. Uh, we are honored, of course, to have you participating with us. Please consider subscribing, following, liking, sharing, drop a comment. All that kind of good stuff uh, moves uh, these sessions forward to perhaps like-minded souls like you and I who just want to learn stuff and talk at ease, together, equal, as we learn from the text and we have discussion on the text. You can certainly support this work. This is how we function by your 
kind and compassionate support, you can sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to do that. Once there, you can certainly support monthly. No amount is too low, no amount is too high, and you will have access to exclusive content. There is also the PayPal option and a hard address. If you reach out to me, we have a conversation. I'll be willing to give you the address and we can move forward. Again, you support the Added Souls Ministry through the Maya family and the work we are involved with laboring alongside the East Coast Church of Christ. You can check out the .com. We also have a Facebook page and we are currently streaming on YouTube, Twitter, uh, Rumble, and Facebook. Our audio uh, version uploading on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google, you name it, it's everywhere. Good stuff? All right, chapter 39, Genesis. Let's put our seat belts on and see what's in store for today. Verse 1. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard brought Joseph from the Ishmaelites. Oh, not brought, bought, purchased. Okay. Purchased Joseph from the Ishmaelites, who had taken Joseph down here or down there. And you can see this as the conclusion to chapter 37, verse 36. Meanwhile, the Midianites or the Midianites, sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. Okay, So Joseph, through purchase and slavery, belongs to Potiphar. And Potiphar is Pharaoh's officer. So you're pretty high ranked in responsibility and held to a certain integrity, even among... Um, the godless or the heathen, pagan, if you will. Verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. That's an important thing. If the Lord is with us and we are with him, then truly, what power do our enemies have? Right? The Lord was with Joseph. There's a purpose for that. So Joseph became a successful man. You want to be successful in this life? Then you be sure that the Lord is with you. And the Lord will only be with you if you are with him. There is an exchange, if you will. And there must be a mutual agreement here within, of course, the redemptive plan of salvation for mankind. We, as free-willed agents, must comply to the loving conditions our Lord and Master set forth. That's important. His grace, His mercy, His law, His forgiveness, His compassion, His instruction, His guidance will certainly lead us into being successful, spiritually so speaking. And it also obviously opens up successful endeavors within the physical realm. Because if you're following the scriptures and the wisdom therein on how to live an upright life, an honest life, a genuine and tranquil, peaceful life, 
with your neighbors, with all around you. Always, of course, standing up for the truth, never to be compromised. In our faith, you will indeed have more opportunities to be successful. It's just the truth of the matter. Sadly, some corrupt hearts utilize the wisdom of the scriptures for their own selfish ambitions. And sadly, we see some of those behind pulpits or in elderships as they take over and destroy. So in this account, Joseph, he's gone through a pretty harsh trauma here. You know, his own siblings um, have sold him off into the hands of the heathen. And, uh, you know, what's what's in store for him, right? Where is he to go now? What's taking place here? Well, the Lord was with Joseph. I just thought we should pause there and really soak that in as the text would read. The Lord was with Joseph. So, in regard or in operational activities to that end, Joseph became successful, a very successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian Potiphar. Now his master, verse 3, was capable of recognizing that the Lord indeed was with Joseph. That's important. In of itself, as the Lord is with Joseph, making Joseph to be a successful individual, um, the unbelievers, they take notice of that, don't they? Of course. Because as the Lord was with Joseph, Joseph would have learned how to behave among his, uh, or in interaction, I suppose, to his fellow man. Because they're all human beings. Though believer and unbeliever, they're human beings created in the image of God. Whether the unbeliever seek to receive that information or neglect and reject that information, it doesn't matter. He is. She is. And so the integrity of Joseph's character that must have been, of course, guided and built by the mind of God was of such a stature and measurement of approachability that Joseph's own master could see that. And how the Lord caused all that Joseph did to prosper in his hand. And that indeed is insight to how we should operate with our fellow man, our neighbors, co-workers, friends, family, right? Community. Are we seen as an individual of integrity or as a tyrannical brute, a self-righteous, prideful hypocrite? a slanderer, a bold-faced liar, a divisive tongue, an unrighteous confrontational uh, arrogance, disrupting whole families and communities, and everyone knows to be, yeah, stay far away from that individual. You know, there are those kind of individuals who have taken over a great many churches, have caused much sorrow. Some have infiltrated families through marriage. All these things, as we read in the accounts of this book thousands of years ago, penned down by the mind of the Holy Spirit through the vessels of humanity, um, the same remains today, which is how valuable learning this information is so that we can 
have that insight, that wisdom to uh, become one in which the Lord uh, has secure and is guiding instead of going the other direction in which, sadly, Joseph's siblings had chosen to participate in. So here we have ourselves a, a strong example, of course, of what we can apply in our lives and also what's taking place in context. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. One plus one makes two. If God's with you, you can be successful. If anything, spiritually, for sure, in priority. And because of that, the unbelievers around us will pay attention and take note and understand that because we are faithful to our Lord and Master, and because we follow His instructions, though we are hated by the world, they can still respect what we do because they can see something different. Why are they so successful? For us here, laboring alongside the East Coast Church of Christ, it is truly attractive to a great many, which is why we've been having uh, uh, personal Bible studies and baptisms and renewals. It is indeed attractive and evan uh, evangelistic, if you will, evangelistically inclined to have that love for one another and to have the guidance of our Lord and Master through His written word. And as we participate as individuals of integrity, our slanderers' words, they fall deaf to the ears of the humble. They are only received by the weak and worldly and corrupt, as is the mind of those who slander and bear false witness. So it's a true and real active illustration to the fact when you are a faithful congregation growing in love and and healthy and practicing these things, the world takes notice. And those who are truly seeking, they want in. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. Verse 4, so Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. So Joseph, he finds favor in Potiphar's sight. And so Potiphar makes Joseph his personal servant. He's smart enough to make it that far, isn't he? <laughs> like, hey man, I need this guy close to me. I need his counsel. I need to... Whatever he's tapped into, it works. So maybe if I don't even want to tap into that belief with his God, at least I'll have him close to me. And you know, there are many people like that. Many people will never choose to give their lives to Jesus Christ. But they, sh they certainly want to be close to those who have and are faithful, by the way. Because that wisdom might rub off on us and what their success might come our way as well. I just don't want to make the commitment to follow that same God, but, uh, you know, I'd still like to have some of the benefits come my way. You know, there are people like that. So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal uh, servant, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he owned, he put in his charge. Now, that's a strong uh, and personal responsibility. And it holds great weight of accountability. And consequence, if Joseph was to um, not 
do his work properly. It could have caused, of course, in <laughs> in all accounts of this stature, um, loss of life, capital punishment, things of that uh, kind. Uh, it's a it's a strong charge to uh, have an authority. So it came about, verse 5, that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. See how that works? A great many unbelievers are the recipients of blessings due to the fact that they are associated with some of us believers who are faithful in Christ and hold integrity and uprightness. Transparency, honesty. We are good stewards. Um, if you know of an individual who is a very good steward economically, financially, who is very good with money, um, you want to be close to that and learn from that. And the world knows that, right? Um, my wife and I, we've been blessed by the instructions of the word since 2011 following the Christ to be very good stewards of our finances. We have everything recorded. We have everything documented uh, and transparent and accounted for. And that's a, a very good quality to have as a Christian. And it's good to have that because when slanderers come and try to diminish that integrity and say, oh, no, they're, they're mismanaging money or they're, they're stealing or they're doing this or they're doing that, again, it'll fall deaf to the ears of the humble and it will only captivate and charm, deceive the minds of the idle, the weak, the worldly, and those who love their ears being tickled. Someone could have come and told Potiphar, hey, Joseph's not handling your money right, your house right. He's not doing this, that, and the other right. He's, he's this, that, and the other. He's a robber or a thief or he's... Well, Potiphar would have been like, no, no, buddy, you're lying because I see the integrity. I've seen it. It's been public. That's important, whether it be having to do with money or a household or anything else. The faith we have in Christ must be upheld and have integrity, correct? So Joseph found favor in the sight, and his sight and became his personal servant, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put, he put in his charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph, Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned, in the house and in the field. So he left everything, verse 6, he owned, in Joseph's charge. And with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Very content, not seeking to um, become the crab in the bucket, if you will, or overstep or betray or do anything that would be unrighteous or corrupt with selfish ambition, he is content, he is alive, and he's doing pretty well. He's successful. He has charge over uh, this individual's um, household and finances and everything involved. So in verse 6, he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome 
in form and appearance. So, as the text says, he would have been attractive and uh, figured, biologically so, constructed, if you will, in such a way that was uh, easy on the eyes of the women. Or perhaps some men, of course, in the heathen world. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came about after these events that his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, looked with desire at Joseph. Uh-oh. And she said, lie with me. Have sexual intercourse with me. Let us indulge in fleshly desires uh, in this lawless act so that we can both have a brief moment of pleasure so she could find what she would think as fulfillment sexually. It's important to the text, and you can see the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in his pen, to have platform into Joseph's character, his heart, his integrity, and the fact that the Lord was with him and how he is trusted by his master and the responsibilities and priorities that are given to him so that we are established in that way. First and foremost, his public life is there and understood. Many of us have had decades in ministry and our ministries public for all to see, very transparent. That's important because when a threat comes in, again, it will fall deaf to the ears of the humble, those capable of discerning right from wrong, truth from lie, those who are capable of even seeing the intricate details that a very cunning fox might spew in order to control a narrative against the humble and the innocent. Here is a moment in which sin is going to try to contaminate Joseph's integrity and his transparency and his work and his trust gained by his master's authority. Now Joseph was a handsome man in appearance, and it came about that these events, his master's wives looked with desire at Joseph, and she said, let me, uh, let uh, lie with me, right? But Joseph refused, verse 8, and said to his master's wife, behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. See, he speaks of what has been uh, built and how valuable what has been built must remain and not dismantled. You see, sin through the hands of evil motives and hearts will infiltrate for the purpose of dismantling. That's what evil does. They creep in, they dismantle, they deplete, they discourage, and they divide. Here is what is taking place through Potiphar's wife, who was certainly driven by her fleshly desires and not her reason to understand the situation and the impact and consequence that might come forward. A woman entitled, of course, to her sexual desires and what is sadly promoted and encouraged in today's society, this fallen nation we live in. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, as a result of my inhabitants, 
in this here court, right? My master does not concern himself with anything. Your husband is well. He's secure, he's safe, his troubles are few. With anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. Again, we go back to, let me see here, where was it, verse 6? So, so he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. So Potiphar leaves everything he has in Joseph's charge. And with him, there he did not, uh, and with Joseph there, Potiphar did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Content to that end. Content to that end. And of course, you can, thinking of it as we read through now, you can see how being content from one angle to the next or one perspective to the other, whether it be Joseph or Potiphar, is a much more peaceful lifestyle than always aggravated into the oppression of materialism or love of money, greed, and things like that. So he is content. All he needs to worry about is he, his food, right? And um, Joseph wants to make sure his wife understands that. Like, why are you seeking to corrupt this, this situation, which is a good one for you, for your husband, and for me, obviously? But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater, verse 9, in this house than I. And he has withheld nothing from me except you. Because, here's why, you are his wife. Isn't that interesting? A believer, a believer instructing a non-believer of the importance of marriage Maybe we should take note of that. It wouldn't be the only place in the scriptures where such a thing is revealed, by the way. Why? Because male, female becoming one hu husband and wife together in the matrimony of uh, wedding uh, unity is pre-law. It's from God's mind. It's privilege it's an honor it's a blessing and it's a binding one that comes from god mankind didn't invent marriage we didn't just get bored one day and say you know let's create something called marriage today's marriage no this comes from the mind of god from the very beginning and jesus himself would say that to those trying to uh have him pick sides in matthew 19 Oh, I side with my father, Jesus would say. From the very beginning, he made them male, female, husband, wife to be one, right? Interesting how this believer is telling this heathen woman that she too is submissive to this law. Well, wait a minute. I thought marriage didn't apply to the non-believers. Oh, there's a podcast for you. Okay, so there is no one greater in this house than I. And he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? 
You see how that's all associated together, even at the very beginning of our history in the ages of the patriarch here in Genesis chapter 39 in regards to Joseph and his master's wife, Potiphar's wife. Now the heathens do what the heathens do, but Joseph understands there's still a law that is universal to all mankind here. It's a great sin if I were to have sexual intercourse with you because you don't belong to me and I don't belong to you. You have a husband. Now, of course, it would be common for the husband to have all sorts of wives and mistresses and things of that nature. But to Joseph's mind, he understands it. This law is universal. God never wanted polygamy, even among his own people, going back to Abraham, whose wife, Sarah, and we went through that one. I won't go through that one again, but go to the archived video sessions and... Um, yeah, it shows the problem with polygamy. <laughs> God never, never commanded polygamy. He suffered long with it because of the corruption of mankind. He suffered through it. It's not that he called it... It's, it wasn't permitted. It wasn't authorized. It's not something good and upright and righteous to, to do. Joseph knows that in the upbringing of his household. Though through the turmoil he's seen a great many things. He understands this. How then... Could I do this great evil and sin against God? He didn't say sin against Potiphar. He didn't say sin against you, though all of those things would certainly be understood in the greater scope of this uh, uh, opportunity of lawlessness, if you will. No, against God. Who's God? Well, the great I am, the ancient of days. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As she spoke to Joseph, verse 10, day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. Another moment for pause here. How strong of a man must you be in order to say no to sex that way? Man, we got websites today pur purposely designed for adultery. We're a click button away on the internet here to pornography or to sexual relations and connections and perversions with another's wife or another's husband. What a mess we live in once again. We've been Corinthianized. A society hyper-driven into all sorts of perversion. We call it pride. We celebrate it now for a season. No, we celebrate it year-long now. Well, of course, it's our government, it's our corporations, it's our academic institutions, it's our entertainment, movies, music, sports, it's our media, cable and social. It's everything. It's everywhere. We're a fallen nation. What integrity for this man to stand up day after day with this woman who certainly would have played the language of the eyes and the hips and the legs and the sensuality the sexiness, the language of the clothing. I'm a guy. I like girls. I married one. It'd be a hard thing every day to go through that <laughs> with your master's wife. Like, he did it. It can be done, obviously. Self-control. Self-control. There is 
No one greater. As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. Now it happened one day, it says in verse 11, happened one day, that he went into the house to do his work. He has kept himself occupied with work. There's some other application for us. We want to stay away from the temptations that might lure us into fornication or adultery. Remain focused on being productive. If we are productive doing what is right, we won't be snared into the practice of doing things that are wrong, sinful, lawless, and hold great consequence. Right? That makes sense? Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work. Now we'll keep that one for another day. And none of the men of the household was there inside. Oh man, where are the chaperones here, man? This girl, she keeps wanting to sleep with me. Where are my chaperones? There's no one around. Oh great, she's going to come at me strong this day. <laughs> Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household was there inside. Verse 12. She caught him by his garments. Seems like she's not going to take no for an answer. Uh, some of us have lived through those moments with these fast and wild women. We know exactly the language that's being revealed here. We've lived through it. Now it happened one day... Oh, sorry, verse 12. She caught him by his garments, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. And of course, because the scriptures are penned by the Holy Spirit, there is decency to the description. But you and I, who have been Gentiles for a long time, probably understand that there might have been a bit more involved with lie with me. <laughs> she may have done, said a great many things along the lines of temptation towards Joseph. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. Uh, dude, that takes restraint to a measurement that cannot be capable, in my opinion, without the true love of Christ living within our minds. Disciplined. Disciplined. Bravo to him, though, right? He did it. Now, when she saw, in verse 13, that he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside, of course, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, what a nasty, what a very nasty, vindictive individual. Oh, we've known these kinds. We've known these kinds. They exist still today. I myself not void of these kinds. I'm going to tell everyone that you did this, that, and the other. And though it be a bold-faced lie, 
the damage done remains because it penetrates again the minds of those who are weak and worldly. It's the equivalent of a slanderer who chooses to diminish the integrity of a faithful and innocent brother by calling him a thief or a robber or mishandling this or mishandling that or being guilty of this or being guilty of that. All these baseless accusations and false witnesses being born, all these things, though it fall deaf to the ears of the humble who can discern the deception in a cunning liar, it doesn't matter. Many are still going to believe it. Look at the whole, in our current time, the whole Johnny Depp thing that took place, right? I mean, they, of course, were heathens, living a very crazy and foolish life, filled with sin. But there will always be individuals who think that Johnny Depp is somehow a wife beater. When he, I assure you, a great many things, we know that through the case that went in court, he's guilty of a great many things, but beating on his wife? No, but it doesn't matter. Some will always think him to be a wife beater. See, damage remains. The world always had someone in the quarters of that kingdom to believe Joseph guilty of whatever is going to take place here, sadly. See, she says, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I screamed. There are brethren that are descriptively known as Christians, some of high reputation, known as gospel preachers, on podcasts and all sorts of things that do this very, very, very sinful practice. They get away with it. On this earth, that is, for a while. See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I screamed. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. I can't help but think that perhaps some of the men must have been like, mm, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sit right. Some do. Some. That's why some who have that discernment, will approach him and be like, so this individual, he's like been accusing you of this, that, and the other, but I didn't believe him because that just doesn't sit right to your, to your integrity. Like we've known you for decades. We know your work. We know your responsibilities, your transparency. And so when this individual had been saying these things about you, like we know you personally, You've ministered to us. We know you. And so we knew and discerned that these charges, these lies, were indeed falsified. Some must have thought, man, this woman is a sex-crazy fiend. Joseph's not guilty of these things. I can't help but to think some must have questioned it, but you can't question it openly and publicly and outwardly because to go against Potiphar's wife could have been a death sentence in this situation, in this, in this context. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Verse 17, then she spoke to him with these words. So this is what she's telling her husband, Potiphar. The Hebrew slave, not even calling him by name now. He's the Hebrew slave. It's, he's a Hebrew. <laughs> 
as if it's somehow a racist slur of sorts, right? This, this pesky, filthy Hebrew that you brought in here, it's your fault. It's everyone's fault. We brought this pesky, filthy Hebrew, this dog among us. The very one she wanted to have sexual relations with. Crazy how that happens, isn't it? Blinded by the log sticking out of her forehead. Then she spoke to him with these words. She says, the Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came into me to make sport of me. It's not her fault. She's innocent. She's the victim here. She's entitled to her victimhood. Whose fault is it? Well, her husband, of course, but more strongly so, the Hebrew. We have brethren who act just like this in the church. Just like that. And they're good at it. Because some believe them. Isn't that nuts? Then she spoke to him with these words, The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came in to me to make sport of me. And as, verse 18, I'm reading my Bible here in front, front of me, in front of you here. That's why you see my hands going in here. I'm kind of reading with my finger, right? And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, Joseph's siblings managed to deceive their father into thinking his favorite son had been devoured by a wild beast. Why wouldn't Potiphar's wife, with this eloquent act of hypocrisy, of course, just spew out this bold-faced lie and not have some take hold of it like her husband? So here comes Joseph's imprisonment. Now when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. You know, sometimes we're blinded, aren't we? When someone takes advantage of us, we're blind to it. A husband or wife, perhaps? A friend? A brother or sister? She's taken advantage of a few things here and the weaknesses her husband has. She knows she can play this card. Some do that. Some do that. Very malicious. Sinister. So Joseph's master took him and put him into jail. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean to tell me everything that was previously recorded and experienced between them, Potiphar and Joseph, in verse 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Oh, that's all swept under the rug now because my sexually promiscuous wife and her sexual desires to have other men is now claiming this falsified, high-handed lie and deception. I'm going to believe her? He had a weak spot. She knew it. She took advantage of that. Some infiltrate for that purpose. They'll infiltrate and befriend. It's all to take advantage. It's all for inventory. It's all to create a problem and chaos for their pride, their greed, their control, their jealousy. 
So Joseph's master took him. So here's Potiphar. He takes Joseph and he puts him into jail because his wife just said that. He should have taken a step back and be like, ah, see how we do that? We've done that, haven't we? The devil tells us, you know, this brother, he's guilty of this. You know, this sister, she's guilty of that. And because we think we can trust the devil who's taken advantage of us through our weaknesses, we're like, yeah, I know, right? And in come other individuals being like, you need to stay away from that devil. Don't call him a devil. He's my friend. I trust him. I know him. I love him. She's my wife. She wouldn't lie to me. If she said Joseph did that, then Joseph must have done that. That's all there is to it. Let's not hear Joseph's account. No, no. So Joseph's master took him and put him into jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the jail. Well, that went quick, didn't it? In charge of all these things, in a in a respectable relationship with his master, to now you're in jail. You tried to rape my wife. But the Lord was with Joseph. There it is again. Not only can you be successful in life and with your engagements and uh, relationships, but here also when you're in deep trouble. When you are in deep trouble and sorrow and betrayal, when you are in the midst of harsh persecution at the hands of a professional liar, a very divisive tongue who knew how to take advantage of her husband's weakness. You want a verse that says, but the Lord was with Joseph. An extended kindness to him. Kindness is useful. And gave Joseph favor in the sight of the chief jailer. There's going to be a way out for the faithful. Those of us who have become the recipients of such deception and lies may fall into the hands of such serious charges. If we have God, He will heal us, and we, He will have us persevere, and we will move forward. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. And that's someone you want to have favors with, Naspal. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer, verse 23, did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. What the devil will try to destroy, what the devil pushes out, our Lord and Master takes in and makes prosper. That is as real as it gets. And that gives us hope and comfort in such times when we go through similar moments in our life. 
Joseph could have, Joseph could have given up right there, and he he must, as a human being, have some very strong, sorrowful emotions. What are we gonna do? What's happened? What just took place there? Many of us go through those moments. And the scriptures bring us back to life. Be like, oh, that's what happened. This individual is a very cunning individual. Very cunning. From Potiphar's wife to Diotrephes and everyone in between that is highly rebuked in the scriptures. We can go through these moments. Joseph could have given up. Well, that's it for me. I'm done with this. No, he kept his integrity. He remained focused. And he began once again building this success. Now through the jailer. The head chief jailer. We may find ourselves being the victims of a great sin against God or the church, or a family, or things of that kind. But God takes us, heals us, and grows us. He separates us away from such toxic individuals. It's powerful. It's truly an account we can learn from, and there is great insight into that. There's great wisdom in the, te in the text. And that concludes our session, of course, this day, almost running to an hour. Please consider subscribing following, liking, sharing, all those wonderful things. And if you find value and substance in these podcast sessions that run weekdays, Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, please consider supporting the work. Sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. Once you are there, you can support. No amount is too low, no amount is too high. It'll give you exclusive content. And, of course, everything's available. Reports, updates, everything is transparent. We can have a phone call, we can have a video chat, all those things. You support the Added Souls Ministry through the Maya family and the work we labor along with the uh, East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. What an account. Again, I just, I find great pleasure in reading these accounts and learning from them. And I learn from them, I, we learn from them every time we read them. They never get boring to me. I could, I, we could go ahead and have another hour on the same chapter and just find more information to learn from. And we do so, of course, in the format that allows us practical application for today. We need to be able to recognize those red flags. We need to be able to recognize and discern right from wrong. And also, individuals that are upright and good, and those who aren't, ye shall know them by their fruits. If your fruits are nothing but chaos, division, dismantling, slander, and lies, and the destruction of everything good around you, I mean, dude, your resume speaks for itself, and you can call it righteous all you want to till you turn purple. The rest of us know you're a liar. We have to be wise that way. Important stuff. All right, time for me to go. Lord willing, tomorrow for our Thursday session, which is typically topical. And with all these sessions, you can certainly reach out to us and give a suggestion on an episode you would like for us to address or to speak about and have. Is that okay? Uh, I don't think there's anything else. Stay focused. Stay positive. I appreciate your kind attention and your interaction. Peace out.